Email todayradio at rte.ie. Now, at the start of the pandemic, Italy was the worst hit, hit country in Europe. Six months later, and the country is starting to reopen to both locals and tourists. One of the most visited locations in the northern region of the country is Venice. But what is life like now during this global pandemic? Well, joining with me now to tell me about life in Venice is travel writer and broadcaster Fionn Davenport. And Fionn, you've arrived there. Um, I suppose maybe before you tell us what it looks like, how did it look like getting into the country? Did you have to isolate for a period of time or what? What restrictions were in place? Good morning, Sarah. Well, no, not at all. Actually, the flight in was virtually empty. There must have been about 15 people on it. Um, and all of the social distancing regulations were maintained. The Getting off the plane was a pleasure for anyone who's had that. Everyone rises up and rushes to try and get off the plane. They, you, you, they empty the plane row by row strictly. And as people back in the plane were getting up, they were almost yelled at to sit down and wait their turn. So each row is emptied to maintain social distancing. Now, one of the things that um, like Italian friends of mine were telling me and had asked me this once I arrived, was is that did anybody take my temperature? Because local media here have reported widely that all the airports are taking random temperature checks and that there are even COVID tests available for anyone who looks symptomatic. Now, nobody took my temperature. In fact, we were all obliged to fill in a self-declaration form that we didn't have any COVID symptoms and that we hadn't been near anyone in the last few days that displayed, to our knowledge, COVID symptoms. But that self-declaration form is still sitting in my bag. Um, once I arrived at the airport, it was fine. Again, social distancing measures kept very much in place. There was hand sanitizing stations virtually every 15 steps. So arriving was very, very easy. But having said that, it's because there are so few visitors. So, you know, you can spread out because, you know, an airport is that caters to, I don't know, whatever, a million people is catering to a tiny fraction of that. So tell me about Venice now then, because one of the most popular spots in northern Italy mm. at this time of year, it would normally be thronged. It would. So imagine this, OK, so Venice is a city of 53,000 people. So that's Venice, the city itself, and it gets over 26 million visitors a year. <gasps> now, just to put that into perspective, imagine that Cork, which has, you know, Metropolitan Cork is 130,000 people. Imagine it got 70 million visitors a year or Dublin with its 1.3 million getting 676 million visitors a year. Wow. So that's the scale of tourism that Venice gets. And the season runs roughly from April to the end of September, but there are visitors throughout the year. But uh, as you said, these are the busy, busy times. So right now we're in the heart of the busy season. And uh, so I spoke to Paolo Mar, who is the uh, tourism expert for, the, uh, for the, the mayoralty of Venice. And they were saying that they're only getting uh, like one fifth um, of, the, of the visitors. And that's, I mean, and you can really see it. Now, I've been to Venice many, many times. And any time I would ever speak about Venice on radio before, I would strongly urge people never to go in the height of summer because it's, 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 like, it's like being in a crowd that's leaving a football stadium all the time. Okay. <laughs> it's insufferable. And also it's unbelievably hot. So it's like 35 degrees. So, and so, for example, to, you have to book well in advance to get to see any of the main sites. And that's, it's like, say, even the ones that aren't pay sites, like the Rialto Bridge, which is a famous site that looks right down the Grand Canal. Like the crowds are eight deep normally, and it's 
packed and it's a really unappealing experience. Whereas now, I won't say it's totally empty. The thing I've noticed is that there are a good number of tourists, but most of them are or exclusively Europeans and Italians. So it's primarily Germans or German speakers. So people from Germany or Austria, I heard some, a lot of French accents. And then um, I heard some Eastern European voices, but primarily, as I said, German speakers and Italians. So people coming from around Italy and also speaking to a food blogger here is, is that Venetians who live in the surrounding towns all of a sudden taking advantage of the relative emptiness of the streets to come in and re-explore the city perhaps for the first time in many, many, many years. Mm. So what is it like then with regard to, to COVID-19 and, and the measures around that? I mean, you mentioned German tourists, for example, they're not on our green list. So what's it like no. mixing in the restaurants with the German tourists, you know? Well, I must say is on the whole, I'm very impressed with the degree to which Venetians and Italians in general have incorporated the COVID restrictions into their daily lives. So for instance, Italian rules are very clear. You have to wear a mask indoors at all times, no exceptions. You must wear, you must wear a mask outdoors if social distancing of at least one meter cannot be maintained. And so, uh, and, it, and Venetians, I mean, to a man, woman and child, well, maybe not the children, but to a man and woman have adhered to this everywhere. And so as a result, one of the things, and there's a kind of almost like a COVID fashion of putting the mask on your arm. So looping your arm through the straps and just keeping it there because you can take it on and off as you need it. And so, for instance, as I said, going into every shop, I will point out, Fionn, sorry to interrupt you, but we have had medical advice just in case anybody thinks that's a good idea. We have had medical advice on the show this week that that's not what you should do because if you get okay. the virus on well, your arm, then it goes on the I'm inside of the mask. I'm simply commenting on what I've observed. I so not <laughs> to put the mask on the arm. Yes. I will make sure to that's remind fine. Venetians that they're doing it wrong. <laughs> you do. Um, the other thing that they do is... They also, and particularly with older people, is they keep the mask on all the time, but bring it down and tuck it underneath their chin and then bring it up again. Um, one of the things that uh, I've noticed as well, is say, for example, on the Vaporetto, you know, the, the water taxi or the water buses that go up and down the canals. So it's a kind of indoor outdoor thing because it's exposed, but you have to wear a mask. And the staff, the operators, the conductors, are like really vigilant. So if they see anyone that hasn't got the mask fully over their nose and mouth, they will absolutely point it out and go, no, 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 we're not leaving until you put that mask on. And I've also noticed that I saw it a couple of times just in the few days that I've been here is Germans who perhaps were a little, I don't know, perhaps weren't paying attention, but Venetians taking them to task with a kind of a caustic humor that made me laugh. It's like, it's like I saw one woman berate an elderly gentleman for not wearing the mask. And he said, oh, it's fine, like this. And she kind of started yelling at him, saying things like this. It's like, oh yeah, no, 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 because I love wearing a mask in 35 degrees of heat. I'm just doing this by choice. So please, you know. Okay. So there is, there's a lot of self-policing. And to, as far as I can observe, it's, it, there's no drama about it. People are just doing it. And as a result, it seems, well, certainly I had a look at the R rate. And as you pointed out in the intro, the R rate in Italy is quite low, relatively speaking at the moment. And fingers crossed, they seem to be doing everything that they've been told to do, barring obviously putting the mask on their arm. Okay. Well, um, can, I, can I ask you about cruise ships then? Because they'd be almost synonymous really with Venice. Are they still yeah. operating? No, 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 no. There hasn't been a cruise ship here for months. And 
there are a limited number of cruise ships that are going to take to the waters again come the end of the month. Um, now, obviously, this is a big bone of contention in Venice because um, they account for, well, according to the, mayor, the mayor's office, they account for 1.9 million visitors of the 26 million a year, which actually surprised me because I thought it would be a lot more. And but the problem is, so you have roughly 13 of these grande navi or big ships that dock every single day in season. So they disgorge whatever it is, thousands of people every day. And the problem is they're part of what the local tourism experts call the bad tourists, is that because they don't overnight in Venice and they don't spend any money. Um, and like, I mean, I know during lockdown, we saw memes of like dolphins, like sailing up mm. the Grand Canal. That's all nonsense. But having said that, there is absolutely no doubt that free of these giant ships uh, that are damaging the fragile ecosystem of Venice, Venice is a much more pleasant place to be. I mean, there is both visually, environmentally, and just from the perspective of, as I said, the damage to the city that these ships are doing. It's been absolutely wonderful to see. And do you reckon that there would be any push then for this to be a permanent fixture, that there would be no cruise ships? <sighs> So I, I, I spoke to two different people. I spoke to the mayor's office who are saying, oh, yes, well, of course we are. No, we're putting, it's a three-year plan in place. We're, we're very keen to kind of really work with the cruise operators to try and... And then I spoke to local people who aren't connected to officialdom, and they are absolutely sceptical about this. They think that in the end is money talks and everything else just walks, mm -hmm. and that the kind of day tourism that Venice thrives on and which actually to many people is very damaging to the city long-term, is enough to warrant that people will talk about change, but once this crisis ends, so fingers crossed come 2021, that the big ships will come back in the same numbers as before, the day trippers that come from the Adriatic beach resorts will come in the same numbers as before, and that Venice within a year, maybe two, will be back to the same uh, huge, huge numbers that it has suffered on until this year. Um, obviously, I just want to remind listeners that the government are still advising people not to make non-essential journeys uh, overseas, even though I, I, mm. Italy is on, on the green I, I, list. I will such, say for my own, but for anybody, for, so I'm, I'm, I'm here, my mother is Italian, and so I'm coming, I've come, I, I mean, I've spent two days in Venice because I was, I'm writing a couple of articles about the city, but I've come to Italy specifically to see my mum, which I haven't seen in seven months. So, I mean, I'm very conscious of the DFA warnings sure. or the DFA advisories, but, you know, sure. that is what it is. Um, can you tell me, even though, as I said, you're advised not to go overseas, what's the value like in Venice? Well, this is an interesting one. So anyone who's been to Venice will know that hotels can be expensive um, and the food is bang average and overpriced. Well, all of the tourist restaurants are largely closed. And so it's given an opportunity to restaurants that w are appealing to Venetians or people who really care about good local cuisine. Um, so they have done, I won't say a roaring trade, but they've certainly been busier than I thought they would have been, uh, mostly with local visitors. And the food is delicious. It's much, much cheaper than anything we would uh, pay for in Ireland. The hotels, now the hotels, I spoke to the, I stayed in a hotel and I was speaking to the manager yesterday morning and they admitted that they, they, they opened up in June and, they, and I'm quoting, as an act of enormous confidence and bravery because they had absolutely no booking. So what they did is they were offering low season rates 
during high season. And even then, they were only getting maybe 60% occupancy rates. Lots of other hotels just haven't bothered opening at all. The Airbnb uh, network, which, which to my mind has destroyed Venetian accommodation, is largely non-existent at the all moment. Right. Can um, I just ask you finally, yeah, if you so, I mean, look... Sorry, sorry just, just very briefly um, and, and finally uh, one of our listeners is very impressed with the exit that you described the orderly exit off the plane um, and they're wondering which airline you used I, So I, I used EasyJet but Easy Aer Lingus are exactly the same Alright Listen, thank um, you so much for joining us this morning that's Fionn Davenport enjoying um, a very socially distanced and quieter Venice at this time of year Thank you for bringing that to us